feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. What's happening with that managerial vacancy? Is John Kennedy a contender? He's the man in position. Can't be a case of wait to the Scottish Cup. He wins it and then suddenly announce, oh, he's the manager. Roy Keane has been out the game in terms of a manager for a decade now. Scott Brown's been there through the whole thing. If he goes, it's going to be a massive, massive blow to the football club. Follow Scotland since I've been a wee boy and Gary Hanley's never done it. Scotland, we sit back against opponents. We have the quality to go and beat. Even Austria, I think we still have the quality to go and beat them to be honest to be honest the goal radio football show with opc energy limited hosted by rob mclean barry ferguson and leanne crichton call now and voice your opinion 0808 1717 700 let's go how did that happen we're only 24 hours away from scotland against austria at hamden in the first of the world cup qualifiers scotland's last three games of course competitive games uh, before the european championships in the summer as well. Former, I have to say, former now Scotland midfielder Leanne Crichton. Are you excited about tomorrow night? I am actually. Yeah, really looking forward to it. They've came round a bit quicker than, than I thought they would. Um, you know, in three games, three exciting games and a squad that we're looking to pick the bones of and see who's going to, you know, whittle it down to that summer tournament. And No, it's good times. Yeah. You've got your team picked already. We will uh, get that between now and end of show. Uh, Barry Ferguson as well. He'll be making all his usual excuses that he hasn't had enough time to think no, about no, it no. but we'll get there in the end I've got my team picked and All right. I think Leanne's actually copied me so um, <laughs> suspected already on the show uh, yeah so we've got Leanne Crichton we've got Barry Ferguson we're 24 hours away from Scotland Austria and 24 hours after Barry Brora Rangers 2 Hearts 1 in the Scottish Cup what about that? Yeah, I think it surprised a lot of people, but it didn't surprise me. I know what type of qualities at lower league level, um, certainly in the Highland League. I've watched Brora a number of times um, over the last year or two, because obviously last year we were hoping we would play them in a, a playoff. So I know they've got good quality players, and it didn't come as a surprise to me. Um, they've got good players who, for me, should be playing at a higher level, um, but great result for them and it just shows um, that clubs at lower level can compete with, with teams above them You'll be delighted to know that we've got your old pal Martin O'Neill on the show mm-hmm. uh, just after 6 o'clock and we will have to bring up Icegate uh, give, give, give us the background for anyone who's wondering what Icegate is all about um, oh, It's a long time now um, No listen first and foremost that, I mean, what, what a great manager Martin O'Neill was yeah. um, loads of battles with the, the teams that he, he had and they had some great players in and the Celtic teams but no that was um, one of the games I had to come off I was injured Rob um, I think it was my calf I had a, a nice pack on my calf and unluckily for us Celtic scored and I decided to um, in a bit of anger at the time throw a, a, my ice pack towards the direction of the, the Celtic dugout and <laughs> unluckily for me it hit Martin O'Neill on the shoulder um, and I think he only found out 
I think you had them on the show Yeah um, A month or so ago So Yeah I think you'd said I threw it in the general direction I Of didn't. the Celtic management team And I think he at that point said Oh no it wasn't in the general direction He hit me <laughs> <laughs> It was a fair aim It was a good 20-25 yards So Wasn't bad for you Shot on target Yep it was It was um, No but listen Take everything away For, um, for that incident Mark Lanell's a guy I respect um, So much For what he's done In the game Rob we're going to be talking uh, to Martin O'Neill then after the news at six. So if you've got any questions for him, if you'd like uh, us to ask anything of him that is broadca- broadcastable, uh, then get in touch with us on the socials at Go Football Show. You can text us Go and your message 87474. And the phone number, you know it well, 0808 1717 700. So Scotland against Austria, then a massive match for Scotland tomorrow night against an Austrian uh, squad which uh, sadly, Leanne, has has got its German uh, contingent uh, back and included. uh, There was some talk a couple of days ago, we were thinking that it would be an Austrian squad without the Bundesliga-based players. And I was just looking at the the numbers today. There's 29 of a squad, 19 of them are German-based. David Alaba of Bayern Munich and and, and all the rest. So, So it's going to be strong, isn't it? Even when you just take that one player, Rob, when you look at what he's uh, achieved in his career and the experience that he's got, we know how good the, the Bundesliga is, so it's going to be really tough, you know, make no mistake about that. Scotland are going to be in for a game. This is not a case of turning up and it being a game that Scotland will win or Scotland should expect to win. It's going to be really, really tough. Um, but I do believe that we've got a squad of players now that, that should be able to compete, you know, and get the, the, the right starting a living on the pitch that Barry will tell you shortly, because I'll have get mine wrong. Um <laughs> But no, it's going to, you know, the ooze class, the Bundesliga does in, in general. Um, but I still see this as one of the best opportunities that Scotland have got um, to get out of this group and qualify for another major tournament. But having a wee listen, uh, just before we came on air, to a couple of clips from uh, Stevie Clark and, and Andy Robertson. Uh, and I must say that when you hear them talking, uh, you start to get uh, quite excited about what uh, could be in prospect uh, from Scotland in these upcoming matches. Yes, it's daunting opposition. Uh, but Scotland have got a load of talent in that squad as well just look at the clubs that some of them are playing for and also says Andy Robertson the skipper uh, it's got a club mentality it is a club like mentality here now all the boys got on off the park we all are, are close and that makes a huge difference because it makes you run that extra yard for each other on the pitch it makes you do that extra run it makes you you know fight for each other that wee bit more and I think you've seen that over the last couple of international breaks and it's about now carrying that on and, and keep fighting for each other and I'm, I'm sure we will do that. And uh, here is Stevie Clark talking about mood in camp. It's evident as soon as the boys come into camp on, on the Sunday night, they, they greet each other like long lost friends, and the banter's good, it's sharp. Uh, it's a good group, and obviously, the little bit of success that we had uh, has made it a better place to come. Everybody wants to be here, everybody wants to be involved, everybody, everybody wants to be successful for their country, and I think that's a great place to be. Great to hear that, Barry, isn't it? I mean, you're a former Scotland captain, obviously, but uh, a big Scotland fan. Uh, and those are positive vibes, aren't they? They are positive vibes. Um, look, I'm not surprised in terms of hearing what Stevie Clark done at, at Kilmarnock and the type of atmosphere he created there. Um, I'm not surprised he's brought it to Scotland. And every time you hear a player interview, they're always looking forward to turning up um, for Scotland because sometimes it can be difficult, Rob. You're away for, uh, for 10 days, you're locked up in a hotel, there's not much to do. Um, but these guys look forward to turning up um, and look what they've done over the last um, 18 months or so has been unbelievable. It's been a long 23 years, but this group of players deserve all the credit. And when they're a happy group off the pitch, 
that creates a good atmosphere on the pitch and you can see with the, the results they've got but it'll be a tough one tomorrow you'd mentioned Austria I mean 19 players that play in the Bundesliga you know how um, how tough a league that is and the quality um, of teams in, in that league so it'll be a tough one tomorrow but I, I'm just looking through our squad just now and you look at guys like Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson John McGinn McGregor McTominay guys like that it's real quality players we've got as well so sh- we shouldn't fear we should respect them but once that whistle goes I hope we have a go at them because we've got a real opportunity to win in this game that was my squad list that you stole by the way I put it down for five seconds and suddenly it disappeared so I'll maybe see if I can get another copy of it as well but I've got it uh, ingrained in my memory <laughs> hopefully um, a lot of calls last night uh, a lot of callers asking uh, about what Scotland are going to do about the absence of uh, of Ryan Jack and, and the manager was asked today uh, if he'd been tempted uh, to bring in a replacement for the Rangers midfielder There's always a temptation but I think with the, the fact that we did preempt it we we had the players in the squad to cover the the absence of Ryan, which is a which is a blow for us because he's done well for us and he and he plays a certain position in midfield that, that maybe without him we don't we don't really have. So we'll miss him, but we've got a, like I just said a really good squad now. So time for somebody else to step forward. Right, Leanne Crichton. Here we who, go. Who's stepping forward in your team? I think Scott McTominay just goes in. I think he can do that job. Um, that Ryan Jack does you know I think he's he's a wee bit more defensively thought of in certain areas we know he's played in the back line he certainly get the, the energy and the, the tank to cover the ground you know and to be smart I think he's even come on a, a huge amount in the last 12 months Scott McTominay you know when you think of the criticism that he's received previously but I do agree with Steve Clark I think what Ryan Jack does is very unique and there's not a lot of players that that offer that you know that really do know when to be disciplined and hold their area and tidy up loose ends um, but it is an opportunity all the same somebody needs to go and grab it you know and I do believe that Scott McTominay can go in there and do that John McGinn I would imagine will be in there and Callum McGregor there we go Rob your sorted team yeah, sheets are my, in got my squad back <laughs> <laughs> um, but there'll be a few options you know and it's one that um, Steve Clark won't want to mess about with too much you know, but it is an opportunity for somebody to come in it, and show it, what they can do but it does mean ripping up the script from the earlier experiment uh, a painful experiment to start with it was as well putting Scott McTominay in the in the back line and he seemed to have come through that yep. and obviously he's got that creative ability coming out from the back mm-hmm. which is a real plus to have in the team but you think he's going to be more value in midfield than he would be right of a back three I think he can do either job really I, I wouldn't worry about him being in the back line now. I think it was trial and error back then. You know, it was difficult for him, but Steve Clark came out the other week and says that Scott McTominay's the best player that he's worked with. You know, <laughs> and that speaks volumes in itself because everything that he's came through, he's learned and he's developed. Um, I think he's, he's just so good on the ball. You know, I think when you play him in there in tight areas, whether he's building the game, breaking up play, um, shorter pass, his range of passing, there's no reason why you would ever worry now about having him in there. So what's your team? Give us your full 11 for go. tomorrow night. I've went for Marshall and goals, a back three of Tierney, Gallagher and McKenna, O'Donnell and Robertson wing-backs, McTominay, McGinn, McGregor, the three in midfield, and I went for Dykes and Fraser up top. Fraser right. playing just off of Dykes. Barry, what are you thinking about that team? Similar. I, I have you got your own copy towers, have you? <laughs> I would make one change. I would bring Shea Adams straight in. Right. Um, and play him up top with, with Lyndon Dykes Ryan Fraser's done great for Scotland don't get me wrong but he's he's had his struggles this 
this season with, with Newcastle um, they're, they're going through a bad time um, in terms of Ryan Jack I think it's going to be a massive miss um, but I, we kind of thought that because he's been missing for the Rangers team the last few weeks and again I, I think McTominay will, will, will move up one uh, and McKenna will, will come back into the, the back three and I think Callum McGregor will be the one that will sit I think he'll let McTominay go and break forward um, but in terms of McTominay you just need to look at um, the way that Scholzgar at Man United treats him he leaves him out um, rested him at the, the weekend in the FA Cup he leaves the big players out Shaw was left out Fernandez and McTominay that's how much Scholzgar rates him and I think I think he's been excellent uh, for Scotland ideally I would have liked him to stay in the, the back three but obviously with Ryan Jack out I think he'll move um, further forward into that midfield position and Again, the criticism that the the young lads had over the the last year or so has not been it's not been fair on him. I think he's a I think he's a top player. A lot of talk um, about uh, Stevie Clark's squad selection and striking that balance uh, between loyalty to to the players who've been there and done it for him and and got Scotland to the European Championship finals and of course players on current good form. That's my job. I have to get the balance right. Uh, I think you see with the. The squad that I picked for this game, there, there is a loyalty to the boys that did well for us, but there's also the chance for other people to come into the squad and impress. And if you do that, everybody should be on their toes going forward. I think the name that, that comes screaming to most people's lips at the moment in terms of form players who haven't been included to... The, to and he's gone for loyalty uh, and, and I mean you know when you look through the midfield players there is an embarrassment of riches there to be honest but David Turnbull Leanne? Yeah we've spoken about it now Rob for a couple of weeks and I can understand both sides of it I, I get why he's not been included you would have loved to have seen him being brought in been given a chance me and Barry spoke about it in, in a lot of depth last week and we probably disagreed to a certain point where you know Barry's saying get him in, get him involved. If you're good enough to play, if you're in form, you should be there. But I do understand the loyalty aspect with Steve Clark and how strong that midfield area is. And if you don't really see him being a starting player or you don't see him getting in there and really changing anything dramatically, that's perhaps why he's, he's not included him. You know, and he has only, he's performed well, but for half the season, um, and even now for Celtic, he's been coming off at 60 minutes, 70 odd minutes. It, it doesn't seem to have, kept that same level of form that he started with over the first kind of two or three months when he came back into the squad so it's a tough one when you've got that many good choices in midfield you know Steve Clark must have a headache at least about that position in, in itself but I thought maybe with Ryan Jack dropping out you would have seen Turnbull perhaps coming in as a natural replacement but with the squad of 26 I, I do understand why he's, he's not made that change so Leanne's picked our team Barry's picked his team uh, for tomorrow night what about your team uh, you can get in touch with us and let us know how you think or how you would like Scotland to be lining up against Austria uh, tomorrow night I wouldn't imagine that Craig Gordon uh, was one of the happier members of the Scotland squad today on the back of what happened way up north last night at Dudgeon Park in Brora as uh, the local team the Highland League leaders the Highland League champions uh, knocked out Hearts uh, a team with their eyes set on returning to the Premiership. What a... It was a, a disastrous result, obviously, uh, for, for Hearts. It was massive for Brora, Barry, who, like Kelty Hearts um, in the Lowland League, are a team who've got their sights set on getting into the SPFL, and, and that did their argument no harm at all last night. Yep, as I said, Rob, I wasn't surprised. I know it would have became a shock to a lot of people with the result. Um 
Hearts have got real quality players in, in their team but I, I know Brora inside out I've, I've watched them a number of times and they've got real good quality as well as I said guys who I think can play two or three levels above mm. um, it just shows you the, the strength at lower league level um, and these clubs just need the opportunity so what's happening to, tell us what is happening are we going to have this pyramid playoff uh, at the end of the season are we going to freshen up the SPFL with, with new, well, uh, a, new, a new club there's a meeting tonight um, with our league to um, let us know is it going to go forward it probably ain't going to go forward in terms of getting back to league league games but in terms of the playoff that's up to the, the leagues now to put th- uh, forward a Champions Club from the Lowland League and from the, the Highland League um, and there should be a playoff Rob um, if there's not a playoff what's the point of having this pyramid system um, that's now been a couple of years understand with the, the COVID-19 um, and all that sort of stuff happening but these clubs deserve an opportunity to at least play in a playoff and to at least have the chance to go and progress into the SPFL where they want to be because they're ambitious clubs mm-hmm. they, they want to go and, and show that they can um, they can do what the likes of Cove Rangers have done Edinburgh City have done in the past we, that's what surely we want in Scottish football we want ambitious clubs clubs with drive to go forward so I'm hoping the outcome tonight um, that there's going to be a playoff now that comes down to our league whether they're going to put us forward uh, as a Champions Club but I'll find out um, hopefully later on tonight, if not during this programme. And on, on, the, on the other side of the coin, Leon, there has to be a threat to the existing members at the bottom end of League Two. There has to be a, th- has to be a threat to them mm-hmm. staying in the league. Otherwise, it becomes a sort of deadwood situation. That's kind of the way it feels in Europe. You know, I think there's a lot of, at least a couple of teams hanging on, you know, that are probably making decisions or, or voting so that they can stay there and hang on in there when they they don't have the resources and the facilities and the money um, to sustain that and as Barry touched on you're holding back you know clubs that have got real drive and determination we need to capitalise on that in the Scottish game we cannot just keep pushing these clubs away um, just because it suits certain people you know that's not good enough see you just touch on the result last night what a shown up for hearts mm. how much have Broda trained recently Five sessions. Five sessions. Five sessions. One and I know what you're saying about uh, quality. I know what you're saying about the quality in the team, but that's even more showing up for Hearts mm. that they've not been playing yeah. and they've not been training and they've just stepped back in and they've got that result. It's an absolute shocker, and it probably sums up a lot of the results that Hearts have had this season. You know, they've got themselves over the line just, um, and a lot of that's down to other clubs being as inconsistent as they have. What do you feel about that? Uh, the chance to freshen up Scottish football and uh, give the likes of Brora Rangers and Kelty Hearts their chance uh, to get in among the big boys and give them a chance to climb up Scottish football ladder. That's what it's uh, meant to be all about. What about tomorrow night? Scotland's chances of getting off to a winning start in World Cup qualifiers. Uh, what's the 11 you would like to see uh, setting out against Austria tomorrow night? And do you have a question for Martin O'Neill because the former Celtic manager is with us after the news at six. Radio Football Show. Thanks to Chris for the travel. You're with the Thursday night, the Wednesday night even. Sorry, old habits die hard. Uh, Thursday night is Scotland against Austria, of course. This is Wednesday, Rob. Yes, of course <laughs> it is. And we're still 24 hours away from Hamden on the back of uh, one or two shock results in the Scottish Cup last night. And uh, remember, we have Martin O'Neill on the back of six. And we've got a big Celtic uh, rumour. Is it more than a rumour, I wonder, to float in front of you shortly? But we were talking uh, before the break, Barry, uh, about that 
amazing uh, result for Borough Rangers last night, the Highland League champions who hopefully Kelly Hearts will be facing off against uh, for a place in the SPFL next season. Uh, but they weren't the only team from the Highlands to make a big impact, were they? Yeah, Robert, I just wanted to mention in terms of it's us, Kelly Hearts, my team, and, and obviously Borough Rangers are getting mentioned, but in the Highland League, you've got Fermartin who beat Annan last night from League 2 you've got Bucky Thistle who took Inverness Cali into extra time and then in our league you have Bonnie Rig Rose East Kilbride East Stirling BSC Glasgow so you have a lot of quality teams um, that I've got the ambition and drive to try and get into the SPFL and this is where I feel that there's a just a brick wall being built in front of the, the pyramid system and not yeah. allowing these clubs the opportunity I just wanted to mention that because I, I just feel it's fair that it's not just Kelly Hearts my club and obviously Brora that I seem to get mentioned all the time people tend to forget the other clubs that are in these leagues yeah. who have real ambition as well and you just want to, to offer that pathway to progress don't you to, to clubs you want them to have that incentive in front of them rather than as Barry says bashing your head off a brick wall well that's what it seems a brick wall Rob you know and we can take the pandemic as a reason why things have happened this year you know you could understand that but now we're at a point where you're actually sacrificing these clubs because there has been investment, there is resources, there are, these players are playing at clubs that they're expecting to get that opportunity to progress and step up um, and right now it's not happening. You know, there needs to be a, a serious think about what we want from the Scottish game and how we start developing it You know, with the potential that it's got in it rather than just the same old story that we keep regurgitating season after season um, and as I say, people making decisions selfishly, I think anyway. And any developments, Barry, uh, in the course of the show, you will keep us across them, won't you? Yep, I'm on my phone Are we constantly. Exclusive? Yep, well, like a wee bit of breaking news yeah, on this show. Listen, Rob, see the end of the day, I just want to get told yes or no. Um, it's this hanging on, and yeah. I've got a duty to carry in my players. My players have been idle for now two and a half months. They yeah. want to know, and they're running out of contract in two months' time, and I want to help them um, whether it's going to be at Kelty or going elsewhere um, they've got their own careers to think about they've got families um, to feed and, and water so there's a lot of things got to come into consideration hopefully tonight we'll, we'll get the the word that either it's it's going to happen or it's not and this presumably affects your future as well because I guess you're only going to bang your head against a brick wall for so long. Yeah, listen, I, I come down two and a half years ago and quite a lot of people are, were maybe surprised, but I've seen the, the ambition and the drive of a club like, like Kelty. Um, and we obviously won the league last year. We didn't um, go up. We, we didn't get the opportunity to have a playoff game or, or reconstruct this year. Again, we're sitting top of the league. Um, once everybody plays their games, we're, we're four points clear still. Um, so we're just hoping that we do get an opportunity to play a playoff game if it doesn't happen then I'll need to obviously sit down and, and think what I'm going to do going forward um, and obviously let the most important people know and that, that's my players Barry Ferguson, Leanne Crichton, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited on a Wednesday night. And, uh, well, we've been talking a lot and thinking a lot and wondering uh, a lot about what Celtic are going to do in terms of a management team and a 
player clear out and a rebuild, uh, you would imagine, ahead of uh, challenging Rangers for the title uh, next season. Well, uh, the rumour machine is, uh, continues to be pretty active. Uh, we've got... Uh, f- there's a lot of talk about Fergal Harkins uh, coming in as a director of football at, at Celtic. Uh, there seems to be an increasing bit of noise, Leanne, about Roy Keane as manager. Um, there's a great debate about whether his style of management actually fits anymore. But the, but the, and the, I think that's been added to today by the fact that Nicky Butt has left his job as Manchester United's head of first team development. That's with immediate effect. And there is some uh, that's being linked together as a possibility that Nicky Butt is going to join Roy Keane as assistant uh, and come to Celtic how does that sound? Who was doing the maths when this was all happening? <laughs> <laughs> well you could never write it off because football's a bit like that even the the most unexpected you know things come to fruition but Roy Keane for me I, I didn't see him being a, a replacement that would have been suitable you know three or four months ago um, I think when you look at the size of the rebuild now that Celtic are probably faced with would his managerial style suit probably because he'll need to come in and get a, practically a new team and, and recruit that and put that together so you go and recruit players that you think will respond and react to your coaching methods um, but for me I don't know if it's quite the, the right choice to be honest but certainly rumour mill will keep going and, until Celtic come out and actually make a, a statement and, and tell the world who they new manager will be it's certainly a name isn't it it would be a name appointment and, and, and Celtic have to be conscious of that I guess because they're they're battling against the Steven Gerrard profile mm-hmm. and the success he's he's reeled in this season as well so so Roy Keane certainly in terms of box office works Barry yep if you'd asked me when Neil Lennon left I would probably have said no chance but as the weeks go on it's looking more likely that there's a real possibility that it could be Roy Keane. Now, if you're, you're mentioning Roy Keane and Nicky Butt, two fantastic midfielders, know the game inside out. The only thing that's going against Roy Keane is he's not managed for seven years since he, he left um, Ipswich. Um, but he's certainly got the the, the managerial skills. Um, I've seen Paul McGrath the old Man United mm-hmm. centre-back who obviously knows Roy Keane pretty well and he he um, summed him up and says he's not what people think he is he's, he knows the game he's he's a good coach um, so look it wouldn't surprise me it's box office listen it would be brilliant for Scottish football yeah. you've got Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister and you've got Roy Keane and, <laughs> and Nicky Butt not a bad that's <laughs> before you even got on the pitch yep so it's a no bad <laughs> battle at the, on the touchline yeah. um, and I think that's what, what Celtic will look to get they'll, they'll need to get somebody with we, we, um, a big name who's going to attract um, players and as Leanne just mentioned there we all know it's going to be a full rebuild at Celtic the low knees are going to go back there's a lot of players getting into the last 12 months of their contract I've seen Desmond had mentioned that the players will leave in the summer so I would guess that's Edward Ayer Christie guys like that so it's a it's a good opportunity for a manager to come in and and, um, go and build his own team and his own style of play you make a good point there Barry seven years is a long time to be out of management with how things have changed mm. in the last seven years you know the last decade I think football's changed dramatically 
you know the the approach that's taken, uh, even the staffing and the resources that goes behind big clubs. Um, I think it would be a culture change for Roy Keane to go in and and really need to go and appease probably a, a certain amount of players that need and want certain things in order to be able to perform. Whereas you watch him on Sky Sports every week and he, he, he shoots down every aspect <laughs> of, of an excuse. So and maybe that's that's why he would be a success. But for me, thinking that and knowing players in the modern day game, yeah. Most of them wouldn't respond that well. He's probably not going to get a job in the diplomatic corps anytime no. soon, you would imagine. <laughs> Let's talk to Jake in Partick, who is uh, not really too bothered about uh, Celtic's summer business. He is, though, bothered about Rangers' uh, summer business, aren't you, Jake? Hi, hi, guys. How are you doing? Hi, Jake. What would you like to say, Jake? Are you wondering what Rangers are going to do in the summer? I it was it was actually in light of I don't know if you've seen today, but. There's rumours circulating that um, Glenn Kamara's uh, and just uh, talks for a contract extension, and I was I'm obviously under the impression that Rangers are going to have to sell on somewhere, um, not because they want to, but more because they actually have to uh, financially and talking. So I actually, in my head, as much as I don't want the guy to leave, I thought Kamara was going to be on that list of players that's going to leave, especially if he has a successful Euros with Finland, but. If he signs an extension, I was just looking to hear from the panel as to who you think potentially could be leaving. Would it be a Morelos or would it be maybe a Tavernier? I just wanted to see what the guys' thoughts on Well, well Barry Ferguson might have some very good news for you, I think. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, look, I know it was mentioned at the Rangers AGM just before Christmas that, look, prize assets may need to be, be sold. But this run in Europe, obviously, regaining the, the league title back um, after a long 10 years... I'm just thinking that the, the Rangers board may say to the manager, look, you've got an opportunity to get into the group stages of the Champions League. Let's try and keep our best players and let's add to that. Now, I know money talks. If somebody comes in with a ridiculous offer, they, they will need to consider it. But I think the Rangers board at this moment in time will fully back Steven Gerrard and allow him to try and keep the ones that he wants to keep. Unless... As I said, a, a, a mad offer comes in for a, a player, and I also think he'll add some quality to it because the best time to strengthen is when you're on top for me. And you can understand that that would uh, that that uh, policy maybe of not selling uh, unless a ridiculous offer comes in, Leanne, works works alongside the obvious ambition that Stephen Gerrard has got to make an impact with Rangers by getting into the Champions League next season. Mm-hmm. I just think the big question will be financially where they're at after this season and how much that run in Europe has balanced the books in terms of what they've spent this season and last in order to get into the position that they've got of course you would want to keep your best players and your squad together um, naturally things will happen in football there will be interest you know does Glenn Kamara see himself as being a Rangers player for the next number of years will he get a contract that he sees fit to stay in Scotland with the lure of the Champions League you know go and put yourself in the shop window stay for another year try and get into the Champions League and what an opportunity and experience that would be again it's another opportunity that players take for granted that you would move to another club would you ever get that chance Again, you, we know how tough it is. You look at the English league and clubs that miss out every year. Um, 
I thought probably three or four months ago that Rangers would need to sell at least one or two players just to recoup some of the money and allow them to strengthen again. But perhaps now with the Champions League and that dangling of the carrot, it might change things at least for the first six months of the season. You know, And if you need to sell come Christmas and, and make a wee bit of money on that, then you, you probably could. But will Morelis stay is probably the biggest question. Um, Stephen Gerrard's comment the other week about how well he performs in Europe and he thinks he knows why that is. Is he already hedging, you know, towards a move elsewhere? Who knows? I think there's six assets in that Rangers team, Rob, if I'm being honest with you. I look at Conor Golson, I look at Barisic, I look at Kamara, Arebo, Kent and Morelos. That's the six players. Tavernier? No, I think Tavernier's at an age where he's he's 30 now. Um, I'm not saying it would be a gamble because I think he's a fantastic fullback. But that's the six I would probably say that teams are looking at. And, and as I said I firmly believe it's got to take a ridiculous offer for Rangers um, to accept because I know they're in good hands now with, with Douglas Park as, as chairman um, really good businessman um, he's Rangers obviously supporter through and through uh, so I think they've got Rangers are in good hands and I think the lure as uh, Leanne says Champions League football Champions League next year that's where you want to play as a footballer that's the the pinnacle you're playing against the best players now I know it's qualifiers first um, but go and make sure you get through the qualifiers and once you get into that group stage then the money will flow in and then obviously Rangers at that stage will probably no need to sell but I do believe if a, a big offer comes in they may consider like all clubs need to Jake, is that exciting news for you? The the prospect of, of Rangers potentially keeping everyone uh, and building it even more towards next season? Oh, I definitely. I just like music to my ears listening to that. But uh, the the one I I always just think Morelos. Like I don't I don't I, I'm kind of on the fence with him. Like I obviously want him to stay for his goals and stuff. But for unselfish reasons, I kind of want the the boy to leave because I think like I, I do feel that. He's got the potential to be a world-class striker at a, maybe at a bigger, better league than us, um, and I, I, I do, I do want him to get that opportunity. But I, I, for reasons, obviously, I, so I had a, a question for Barry. If that was alright, yeah, fine away. Uh, it was just obviously I've, I've listened to a few of your um, a few of your interviews in the past, and you've talked about um, the first time you left Rangers when you went to Blackburn. And uh, you uh, spoke about how you felt you, you had to go because of financial reasons. You said that Rangers kind of needed the money. Uh, I just wanted to ask, how how does that come about? So say it was the same situation this year. We'll, we'll use Morelos as the as the um, as, as he'll pretend he's you. Uh, d- 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 would Rangers go to Morelos and say we need you to go? Can you put yourself? In, can you get your agent to put yourself in the shop window, or do Rangers wait until? a big club come in with an offer is it a waiting game or do Rangers make the, the thing if, if that makes sense it's a bit of both Jake if I'm, I'm being honest um, Rangers will obviously go to Morelos that's when clubs are interested in a player um, they go through the agent and then they go to the player so it's it's a bit of both if I'm being honest with you um, so that, that that's the way uh, football works but in terms of Morelos I still think he's at an age where 
you can still go and get that big move. I get where Jake's coming from. I, what is he, 24 maybe? Yeah, I, look, all players want to play at the highest level and we all know the best league in the world is English Premier League and that's where everybody eventually wants to go to. But I, start, I think he'll sit back and think to himself, look, I've had a few great years here, especially this season. I, I think, apart from his disciplinary, uh, disciplinary um, issues against Dundee United and Hibs, I think overall he's been excellent. So I think he'll look at it and say it's an opportunity to play in the elite and that's the Champions League Jake I think we've come up with the right answer for you tonight have we? I like it like I said I'll take that all day I hope, I hope none of them go and then we spend a bit of money try and get some because uh, I really want to see like I've no last last Champions League game I was at with Angels would have been against against Man United maybe that was the last Champions League game I was at with, for Angels so I want to see that back group stage football against Europe's elite. Um, and I think the only way that's going to happen is if they keep their players. Because say you sell Morelos, it doesn't matter how much money you get for them. Trying to replace 20 to 25 to 30 goals a season is extremely difficult. And I'm, I'm, I'm not just saying that because, because he's done it previously. It's just so difficult to do. And even if you sell a Ryan Kent, like, he's the best winger in the league. Who do you get in yeah. to replace that? Who do you get into... It's not even they need to buy into what Gerard's football is, and to find that I think it's very, very difficult. And I, I just, like I said, I hope Barry's spot. I don't want to see any. So they are. I can't remember. I can't remember the last time he got got it wrong. Maybe Monday when the last time he was on. Jake, thanks for coming on the show. Good to hear from you. Thanks, guys. All the best to you, and more football chat on the way. Well, I think Jake was a happy customer, wasn't he? He got the answer he was looking for uh, from Barry, uh, who reckons that uh, Rangers might not be selling anyone in the summer. And, of course, they've uh, added players already and will continue to build up the squad, you would imagine, uh, towards looking to qualify, as they'll have to do next season for the Champions League. And, of course, season after that becomes a, uh, a massive incentive for next season's champions, who would go straight into the Champions League group stages. So that becomes... Uh, about 30 millions worth at that point so it's a title well worth winning and that piles the pressure of course on Celtic um, to make the the right sort of appointment and we've been floating uh, the rumour already in the show uh, that Nicky Butt has uh, stood down from his job at Man United and there is a lot of speculation uh, about Nicky Butt uh, joining up with Roy Keane as a dream team at Celtic uh, I wonder if that one is going to come to uh, fruition. Uh, but you do get the feeling Barry Celtic need to do something soon, don't they, to get the ball rolling and get that squad rebuilt? Yeah, uh, what's that, three, four weeks since Neil Lennon's um, left the club? Uh, I, I know I've seen Dermot Desmond say that obviously they've got to take their timing and get the right man for the job. But I'm not surprised it's, it's went on a bit, Rob. I, I fully expected... Rangers to at least get a director of football in and then uh, the manager and all his coaching staff uh, I, I just think the Celtic supporters just are desperately desperate sorry to know what way the club's going forward and what way or what players are coming in for next season because we know a lot of players are going to be leaving so I think it's just um, they've just got to play a waiting game it's clear that they've got or they've identified 
a number of guys to take that role it's just they'll need to play the waiting game just now and there's a big question mark Leanne hanging over Scott Brown uh, Barry was mm. speaking about players potentially leaving Celtic there'll be a few of those this season I wonder if the club captain uh, could be one of them because there's a there's a, been a strong uh, bit of speculation hasn't there since Stephen Glass's name was ever mentioned mm-hmm. and linked with Aberdeen now that's happened um, and there is a lot of talk about him joining up with Stephen Glass at Pataudry which would mean his days at Celtic coming to an end yeah, and I think with that sort of situation, I always think there's no smoke without fire. Mm. You know, there's perhaps been a conversation, is it something that appeals to Scott Brown? I personally think it would... I think I maybe heard you saying, Barry, before we've gone, you didn't think it would be a good career move for him. Mm. Is that right? But I actually think when I look at... I've maybe said this on the show already, but when you look at John Kennedy and the length of time that he's spent at Celtic and never at any point has he ever really looked like taking that next step, moving into the management position that he's interim just now and even now he's not the heavy favourite to stay there. Yeah. I think does Scott Brown go down that same route where you just hang on in there, you start, you know, you coach the 23s that you're doing, do you ever then earn the respect to take that job or do you go away like the speculation suggests upskill yourself go and coach another team have that fresh approach where there's you know people don't already have that perception of you and then at some point you might be in a position to then go and take the Celtic job or or another team within uh, you know the top flight so I actually think it would be an exciting one for him you know but it's up to probably Scott Brown to decide whether he's got another year in his legs at Celtic and go through that full rebuild Um, I know if I was him I I probably couldn't be bothered with it and I I would look at the next option and Certainly Aberdeen sounds like an exciting one, but I don't know what you think on that, I'm just a big believer in play as long as you can. Now, it'll come down to Scott Brown and how he's feeling physically. He can do both, can't he, potentially? He he could do both, potentially, but I I think you've got to focus on one thing. You either play or you coach, Rob. I'm a big believer in that. Really? Do you, you don't think so? So for Scott Brown to go to Aberdeen as player, assistant manager, you you don't think that works? No, I I think you've got to concentrate on. Yeah, I would agree with that. One. I think he either stays at Celtic another year and sees the, the rebuild and supports the team as he can. And going to be his performance at the weekend, he can clearly yeah. still perform yeah. and compete. Yeah. That's his choice. And what a position to be in, Rob. Though mm. a lot of players are getting told at 35, please hang the boots up you know look, please go because we don't want to have to embarrass you and tell you that we don't need you um, so you can still have that choice or like Barry says you go to Aberdeen and you just take on that coaching role and you give it your all because it's a hard act to balance Yeah, but it, it comes down to how Scott Brown's feeling Rob it's plain and simple mm. um, if he wants to go down because we all know he's doing his coaching badges if he wants to go down that coaching route then he's got to really consider um, what's what's happening but Larry made a good point there I thought on Sunday it's probably the best I've seen him in a yeah. long time. So it shows me that he's still got um, playing time in, in the legs. Does he want to go through the rigours of another pre-season? Um, I don't think he's going to play every single game. But for me, if a manager's coming in, it's a good idea to keep your experienced guy round about. Mention to him, look, you might not play week in, week out, but you're still an important member here and I'll need you there. So, But it'll come down to one guy and one guy can only make that decision and it's Scott Brown would it be a great coup for Aberdeen of course it would it would um, yeah. but yeah, no, it might bring it might bring uh, talent with him as well the, the fact that he's, that he's high profile anyway talking about Aberdeen I'm going to interrupt there because let's hear from Luke in Aberdeen hi Luke how's it getting on folks good how are you yeah all good all good what would you like to say Luke it's just a question. It was mainly for Barry, but it's aimed at Leanne as well. Just it's regarding Winter Nationals back this week, folks. Just wanted to ask: Did you find it more difficult playing with a national team 
as compared to your club teammates. Just it's portrayed sometimes that players who aren't coming from, say, a Rangers or Celtic are just sort of happy to be called up and be part of the squad as opposed to the likes of someone like Barry coming for a Rangers who's expected to, every, to win every week, sorry. Just is that mindset different to some of the players? Is that frustrating and hard? Good question. That's a good question. No, I, I wouldn't say in, in my time it was um, everybody had the, the same mindset um, look in terms of they, they wanted to win every single game. It, it's difficult going for your club to the, um, the international scene for plain and simple you don't get enough time in the training ground um, you play a different yeah. formation you, you don't see the guys day in day out so it's it's pretty everything's rushed and and kind of all put together very quickly and it is difficult and um, as, you, as you know sometimes the performances were at a good level sometimes they were they were down a, a level or, or two but I always found it difficult going because you would meet up on a Sunday like um, the international Steve Clark's team met up on a Sunday but the, obviously the Rangers and Celtic boys wouldn't train on the Monday because they had the game on a Sunday so Steve Steve Clark's basically only got Tuesday and Wednesday on a training field to prepare for a massive game on a Thursday you don't get enough time to, to set up systems and, and work on things in training I, I did find it difficult but Listen, one thing about the, the group of players and the squads that I were in, they always had the mindset of winning every single game. It didn't it, it didn't um, bother you if you were a Rangers Celtic player or you came from Muddle or, or another club like that or Dundee United or a Hearts, Hibs or Aberdeen. Um, everybody had the same mindset and that was going out to win a game of football. And we were listening to Andy Robertson right at the top of the show, weren't we, Leanne? And he was talking about that club mentality. So maybe, you know, wherever you're coming from whichever club you're, you're joining yep. almost the Scotland football club and you're meeting up with, with your you know guys you like your pals and, and guys that you're having football success mm-hmm. with as well No that's what I was going to say I, I was really lucky during my career at international level we did have that club culture within the group and it was two very different styles it was difficult to turn up at times because at club, mainly at Glasgow City, we played a 4-3-3. There was loads of rotation, there was loads of build-up play. Everybody was involved in the game. And then for huge parts of the international career, we were generally a 4-4-2. Quite a rigid formation. Everybody knew their roles, but you never had the same flexibility. The games were always a bit tougher. The opposition went up you know, another three or four levels. So you were trying to get yourself back up to that speed. Um, but in terms of the group, everybody looked forward to going away. You know, it was brilliant. Everybody met up. Everybody was friends. We knew whatever starting a living played, you were happy for them. You know, if you sat it out, if you started, that was incredible. And that's the way it should be. You know, this mindset of international football and players don't want to be there. People create that culture. You know, if that's what it is, then it's not the right culture because there's no reason why you cannot have what Andy Robertson yeah. described. You need to have that kind of culture because yeah. it is difficult when you're away for, mm-hmm. for 10 days. Rob, mm. it is really hard because all you're doing is going out training, eating, sleeping, training, eating, sleeping, training, the, the same thing. So and then you, you maybe throw in travel as well and everybody just feel, yep. you need people to keep your spirits up, yeah. you know, if and you travel in moment, isolation. And at the moment all the protocols to go yeah. through as yeah, well. Yeah, it must be even more difficult yeah. uh, just now. But what, what you've got to do as a group of players, when uh, we played a totally different way at international level to I played at club level at Rangers but you've got to buy in and you've got to respect mm-hmm. what the, the manager's doing and if you do that you've got every chance of winning games um, as we said we had a certain way of playing at Scotland we were 4-5-1 we were horrible at times to watch mm-hmm. but under like um, Walter Smith and Alec McLeish we knew how to get results and regardless of who started though everybody knows their jobs and that's why even 
the now when people speak about changes to Steve Clark's squad, you can make those changes, but then you don't get the consistency, then you don't get the buy-in, then every time you meet up for camp, you're having to teach players a way of playing because it's different from what they do at their clubs and you don't have that time. You know, so from a selfish point of view, sometimes players do need to miss out simply because you don't have time to adapt and to coach players and give players that time. Well, two former thing. Scotland midfielders in the studio, uh, Barry Ferguson and Leon Crichton. Not too many goals between you, but uh, two very good. Uh, Easy, Rob. Very good. Very, were you well, prolific? Were you prolific? No, definitely no. not. Well, one thing I will say about plenty of passes between. And he's saying nothing about his goals. Uh, uh, how many Scotland goals? Three. Okay, but three, yeah. three good but, ones. Well, I'll just say one thing about since Steve Clark's come in, you, sometimes you see quite a few call-offs. You, you don't see many. No. So that tells me one thing, that they enjoy getting into that Scotland camp. And that, that's a great thing to have. Back in the day, you would maybe see... It's going to five, play with your six, mates, isn't it? Yep, five, six, seven nice. call-offs. So that's credit to Stevie Clark and the coaching staff as well. It's not just the players, it's how he operates round about the group. Look what you're thinking about tomorrow night. I think it'll be a close game. I don't see too much between the sides, so I think 1-1, to be honest. 1-1. Not sure about that. I think I'd like to get off to a winning start, personally, but uh, (laughs) tough tough opposition. Luke, thanks for giving us a call. All the best to you. Cheers for that. Thanks, Luke. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. The Bull Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited, hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson, and Leanne Crichton. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 1717 700. Let's go. We haven't done an hour of football chat already, have we? Yes, we have. It flies by. Monday to Friday, 5 till 7. Uh, Glasgow's own Go Radio. We've been talking Scotland, of course, looking ahead to tomorrow night's opener in the World Cup qualifier Scotland against Austria at uh, 7.45 kickoff at Hamden uh, tomorrow night. We've been talking about Brora Rangers, uh, their defeat of Hearts last night. Leanne probably wasn't uh, too surprised about that result because you've seen a fair bit of Hearts of late in the Championship and, the, and they've been kind of stuttering, haven't they, to promote back to the Premiership yeah I have and actually over the, the course of a few weekends we've had a few debates with Michael Stewart as well in terms of what he sees uh, you know where he sees the Hearts squad and he believes that um, they would do well in the, the Premiership when they, they can back up but I disagree I think there's a lot of strengthening that needs to happen I don't think they've executed a game plan as well as they would have hoped this season they've stumbled in, in a lot of games they've conceded more goals than you would ever have expected them yeah. to and certainly when Barry describes that Brora side and the quality that they've got in it perhaps it's not as big a shock as, as people would um, have seen coming but certainly for me I just think it's so disappointing you know you try and big up teams like yeah, Hearts as well and, and speak I, about them getting back to where they should be mm. and then results like that creeping I, I seen Robbie doing an interview last night he, after he looked the game. like he seen a ghost yeah but <laughs> I, I think he knows look they're going to win the championship there's no doubt about it but he knows he needs to go and strengthen big time he'll yeah. need to bring in six seven eight players next year when they get into the Premier League because I don't think that that squad's um, strong enough and I think he knows it yeah 
And it was certainly uh, a big uh, boost for Brora's bid to get themselves uh, into the SPFL. Will that pyramid playoff happen at the end of the season? Barry's Kelty Hearts are pretty keen to get involved in that as well. Hopefully we will get some uh, clarity uh, on that uh, before too much longer. We've been talking Rangers and uh, Jake and Partick was pretty pleased to hear from Barry that he reckons Rangers uh, might not be selling anybody in the summer as Stephen Gerrard uh, beefs that squad up towards qualifying for the Champions League next season. Talking uh, Celtic on the show as well of course and uh, the rumour machine uh, has the potential for uh, Roy Keane and Nicky Butt to be the the next dream management team at uh, Celtic with uh, Fergal Harkin getting pretty strongly quoted as well. He's the Partnerships and Pathways Manager at Manchester City and he apparently is going to be a contender to be Director of Football. Whatever Celtic do, you get the feel they have to do it uh, pretty quickly. It's Sir Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson, and Leanne Crichton on the Goat Radio Football Show on a Wednesday night. And happy to say, delighted to say, that we're joined by the former Celtic manager. He is a legend, Martin O'Neill. Hi, Martin. Hello, Rob. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Yourself? I'm not too bad, thank you. That was a very lovely coat you were wearing um, on Sunday at Celtic Park. That wasn't your cup final coat as well, was it? I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely afraid it was. Yeah, I, I thought, I thought since you were so pleased, I know you weren't involved on Sunday with me, but no. I thought since you were so pleased about it before, yes. I thought I must wear it up again. It was, it was well worth, Barry. It was well worth a second doubting, wasn't it? That coat. Well, he looked better than James McFadden and Chris Boyd. <laughs> that is for sure. That's not a massive tribute, though, to be no. honest. Which, which wouldn't be terribly difficult, I think, Barry. <laughs> now, I think I think Barry would like to to start this little segment of the show, Martin, with an apology for that ice that was cruelly oh, wow. thrown in your direction all those all those years ago, Barry. Listen, that was back in my amateur days. Have you calmed down since then? Yeah, listen, I'm not normally on on a, a Wednesday, Martin. So they've asked me to come on. So there's my apology. There you Barry, go. I'm I, I'm delighted. First of all, in a genuine sense, no no apology needed. In fact, that's the type of thing that uh, that I anticipated, expected, and would have been disappointed had you not have done it. Believe it or not, <laughs> I've been re- and genuinely mean that because um, I had not wanted to blow your trumpet. But I honestly thought that um, yourself, one so young. Having the captain, I know Amaruso. I think that Amaruso have a bit of an argument with uh, Advocate at some stage or another, and then you became the captain. Or am I getting that wrong? No, that's true. That's true. And uh, for you, so young, seriously, so young, then to start captaining those players that you had at, at, at uh, your disposal, like Ronald de Burr, Moles, Van Bronckhurst, Newman, Alberts, you know, Klaus, Fernando Rickson, uh, uh, fantastic. And I, I think I said to Rob the last time that I was speaking that you genuinely, you were, I felt to Rangers what Neil Lennon was to us at Celtic in the sense that not allowing people to forget your, your roots, what the f- football club meant to those players, just in case some of the foreign aspect decided, you know, that this is just um, this is just a jolly up here. Not for one minute do I think that all those fantastic players that I've just mentioned would have thought that the very fact that they were fantastic players showed you that the attitude was spot on. But, uh, I, you know, I always felt that that... Uh, well, let me put it this way. I was more pleased when you weren't in the team. Sometimes you got injured. Invariably, you got suspended. And so it was always, <laughs> um, it was always good news. And I preferred when you weren't in the side 
uh, even with all those great great players at at uh, Rangers' disposal. That's true. Honestly, I would prefer you weren't in the side at the time, particularly when we were uh, obviously play uh, playing against you. You know, so I can't pay you any higher compliment. And I I would have not uh, I would have expected nothing else. It's just that the ice I I. I used for the champagne later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering when that was coming. No, that's, that's, I appreciate <laughs> yeah. the kind words. I appreciate it. It's Talk, no problem. Martin, I, I, absolutely genuine. Martin, talking about Neil Lennon, um, obviously since we last spoke on the show, Neil has parted company with the club. Um, what? What do you? How, how has he been treated by Celtic? Um, has he been? in a sense, hung out to dry with, with all that's confused about the Celtic situation? Has he been almost sacrificial in the, in the getting rid of him? Because not much has changed since he's gone in, in, terms, of, uh, in terms of results. And obviously the title was long gone. Well, I'll get back to what I said to you that particular day. And obviously things have changed. You know, Rangers have stretched their lead. Uh, Celtic, uh, try as they may, never were able to close it down. But let, let, let me start. Uh, when we were talking... Uh, Celtic had just won the 12th consecutive trophy, 12, 12 trophies, and Rangers, for the greatness of that football club, had not laid a glove on them. I know that they had, they had problems a few years before that. They had been demoted and such things like this year, and they were getting each year they were getting a bit stronger. But in essence, 12, 12 consecutive trophies going to to, uh, to Celtic, and of which Neil Lennon was was a a, a good part of that. Yeah, he still had to he had to pick up the the cudgels. He'd been successful before as a manager. He'd been uh, brilliant for me as a, as a as a player at Celtic. Thought he galvanised the team. I seldom made him captain in the side, but he was captain and everything else but name. So, and I just didn't know where the whole furore was rising. And this is what a time. Rob, when, when Celtic were only maybe seven, six, seven, eight points behind Rangers with the possibility, always a possibility of catching up. And I just didn't know where the whole furore rose from, where he was immediately put under pressure this season. And and people talking about uh, or some results in Europe um, uh, and and um, maybe maybe the football not being great. I didn't I didn't see those things. I saw him as the, as, as the leader. In fact, Celtic's results in Europe have not been great for quite a number of years, no. to be perfectly honest. And they were in a really tough group, as it's been proved, with Lille and Sparta Prague and uh, and AC Milan. So I, 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 I just couldn't see where where the, the, the all his his the the conjecture over his future was coming from at that particular time. And I still really stand by that. Whatever, and I, you know, I I think that. I think if you had put the uh, foot in, uh, in the other shoe, as it were, I think that uh, any Rangers manager who had been part of a, 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 a real success there and who had continued the success that Celtic, uh, that Celtic were having, I, I, think that, uh, I think they would have found that pretty, uh, um, pretty poor, you know, to be put under that sort of severe pressure immediately. Now, Rangers, Rangers had won... Uh, had, won nothing in, in that particular time. Of course, they were really they were really driven to try and stop the ten in a row. And and, and anybody can start to argue, and I wouldn't know enough about this here whether there was a complacency at Celtic. I don't know. I think that's a sort of an easy thing to throw at somebody when they're beaten. Yeah. I just don't know. But, but, but t- Mark, Martin, in terms of, in terms of the timing of of Neil Lennon parting company, should it have happened earlier when when Celtic? were only a matter of single figures points behind or 
you know, by the stage that they did decide to get rid of him, w- would it have been as well just to keep him for the rest of the season when you're going to keep the rest of the, ba- the, the coaching team anyway? Uh, well, uh, certainly the, your first one I'll rule out because my whole argument is that I don't think he uh, he, he should have lost his job at that, at, the, at that particular time. If you're saying to him, if you're looking at someone going earlier, absolutely not. That, as I say, that defeats my argument. But I take your second point is that, you know, you have... The league has gone essentially at the time after losing to Ross County. You would have said that was it. Maybe it, maybe it was it, it was uh, it was pretty apparent a couple of weeks before that there. But there's still the Scottish Cup to go for and the chance to you know to gain some sort of uh, well uh, very very decent consolation for the season in that there and trying to win that there. So from that viewpoint, yeah, I, I accept that. I, I I thought the end of the season would have been uh, would have been a better would have been would, would have been better all round for everyone. Martin, it's Leanne here. How are you Hello, doing? Leanne. How are you? Yes, I'm good, thank you. Ex- I don't mean to exclude you, but no, I you're f- to get that in about... No, you're absolutely like, fine. I was in- enjoying the listen as well. That's always nice. Um, Martin, I was just going to ask you, the state that Celtic are at just now and the fact that they haven't made an appointment uh, in terms of a new manager yet, if that was a job, for example, that you were taking on at this stage or any other manager that's coming in, how confident would you be that they could actually turn things around and, and clear out the players that need to be cleared out and recruit enough to launch a title challenge next season? Uh, uh, that, that is a very good point. I, you, in other words, what you're trying to say is maybe somebody should, if they are going to make a decision, uh, maybe maybe someone should go in there pretty well immediately. Perhaps maybe uh, maybe John John Kennedy might even, uh, if he wants the job, might mm-hmm. be in the forefront of, of, of proceedings anyway. So it's a, it's a good point considering some players will definitely believe in the football club either in terms of going back to their parent club or things like that. So I, I, I accept that point. I just try and maybe draw some sort of parallel with myself. I went in a way back in um, uh, in uh, at just just at the at the very at the beginning, just just about a week or two before pre-season training in the year 2000, and uh, so there were certain things that you would have to try and organise. But I don't think I don't think there was going to be the sort of mass exodus. Yep. Uh, that looks as if it's going to take place now. So any manager might want a little bit more time. I accept that, but um, but overall, I think that's very very much a decision for Celtic's board to make. And also, Rob, finally, just in terms of Scott Brown, there's a lot of speculation around him as well. Martin losing a player mm-hmm. like Scott Brown and what he's offered the club over the number of years that he's been there. Just how much of a loss would he be, in, and is he irreplaceable? I, I think that uh, well, Scott Brown has, has proved himself over the years. And what? What? Uh, and sometimes you, when you have a strong leader at the football club, so, sometimes their influence in the dressing room can can be every bit as strong as their leadership on the field. And I think that if there was uh, if there was room, if, if they felt that that Scott Brown could uh, could go and do another year, maybe miss out a number of games and not not play as regularly, perhaps maybe his influence around the football club might warrant a, 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 an extra season. Martin, I know you you spoke about Roy Keane at the weekend um, when you were when you were on Sky. Um, that that the the talk the noise seems to be getting a little bit louder about Roy Keane, and also as of today, Nicky Butt seems to be getting uh, uh, bra- bracketed in alongside Roy Keane as well because he's he's uh, stood down from his job at Manchester United. Do, do you, is that a viable proposition? Do you think I, Keane and Butt? Rob. I, I don't I don't know when when I mentioned about Roy I, I definitely said when I'm talking about chief executives and uh, and owners 
I didn't say it plural, so I was more I was more generalising about the fact that you know he had uh, he had been around he had been around for some time and uh, and lots of jobs have taken place and, and uh, Roy doesn't seem to get a mention. So, but I'm not party to anything anything that there uh, uh, at all. I don't know uh, when you consider now that at the moment that uh, Stephen Gerrard Jar- is riding high. And uh, obviously, as a, a terrific profile as a player, now has gone on to take that that uh, uh, the championship. And I've just mentioned that I heard at the back of your conversation just before joining in that I think that Rangers will obviously try and uh, not only cement their position but try and get stronger mm. uh, for next season. I think is is it is it next season now, Rob? That, that ne- next season, yeah, next season's champions will go straight entry. in. Yeah, that, that is massive. So when you consider where Rangers are positioned, I'm here to talk about Celtic, and Celtic have much to consider, all of those things to consider, to mount the challenge now with Rangers, to to see exactly what they think went wrong during the course of the year. But, you know, at some stage or another, that, that stranglehold had to be broken. And, and I think we accept around the, around the table here today that, that Celtic had a stranglehold in proceedings. That was always my argument about these particular things. Is Roy, is Roy, is Roy King managerial material? Absolutely. You know, I've worked with him as a, I know, an assistant basis. He's, he's got an opinion. He knows the game inside out. And he's a strong, strong character. And I know that the arguments would be then, would be, would the, would, uh, would the modern player as if he could be comfortable in, that, in those surroundings. Well, I think that's something that uh, that's that's a decision for other people to make. What do, what do you think, Martin? Do you, do you think Roy could, because it's been a while for him, as you say, in management, do you think he could adapt to the modern requirements of being a, a football manager? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah, I, I think sometimes, Rob, that, the, that, that there's a feeling here that, um, that uh, anybody of a certain age or certain vintage has uh, has uh, the word dinosaur attached <laughs> to them, you know? Has it? And uh, and, if, and uh, Roy, I think I, Roy Roy has his own his own method. Um, not uh, it's it's uh, it's it's there. It's there when he does his punditry work. You can see that if that's the case. And I think I think strong characters in, in a, at a football club would. Um, would uh, would like that sort of management not it's not it, it doesn't please everyone but whatever style of manager you have you're not going to please everyone in the dressing room but i'll tell you i've just mentioned a load of those players that are playing uh, with uh, 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 in barry's time absolutely fantastic players but they had to leave two or three of them out at some stage or another i'm not so sure that they would be unbelievably happy i'm not so sure that Claudia Reina or, or Tugay or Kanchelskis or Contraman who are all happy if they've been left out of the side. So you're going to get that. What you have to do to counteract all of that, Rob, you know what you have to do? You have to win. Martin, in terms of yourself, um, are you looking to get back into management or is that you? Are you retired, happy doing your I, media stuff? I, I, you know what, right? That's a good point. I think I've hidden behind COVID now for, for <laughs> some time. I, do, I mean, and, uh, and I suppose... I suppose sometimes I look at it and uh, I, 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 I genuinely have a, have a think about it. Have I, have I lost enthusiasm for the game? Absolutely not. Not at all. I think I will carry that there to, um, to eternity. But um, I'll, I'll, I will genuinely have a look. You know, as I said to you, and I, I, I didn't mean to be disparaging about a, about a real uh, serious 
concerns that people would, would, would have about COVID. But what I'm trying to say is that it gives you it gives you a wee bit of time to think and reflect and, and maybe maybe my time for reflection is over. Maybe I should try and do something now. When I spoke to you a few days ago, Martin, I asked you if Dermot Desmond had been in touch because I guess people like me probably assume that people like him uh, would have a word with people like you, um, you know, to, 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 to maybe get some insight into, into what is required, what this appointment needs next. But, but you were telling me you haven't spoken to him for a couple of years. I haven't spoken to Dermot for a long, long time now. And, uh, no, I think Dermot is very, very capable of picking his uh, his uh, his own managers. He will he will um, have sounding boards there at, at Celtic, I'm quite sure, and whatever he wants to do, and I think over, over the years, certainly since uh, since um, he took over, I think I think his uh, choice of managers have have generally worked out. Do, do you think it needs a blockbuster appointment, Martin, uh, like a, a Brendan Rodgers, like a Martin O'Neill way back then? Something that really makes you go wow. Bearing in mind that on the opposite side of the fence, you've got. Uh, a Rangers side who've won the title by a country mile, and and they've got Steven Gerrard as a, a magnet for for other signings. Yeah, it's a very good point, Rob. It's a very good point. It's uh, it's it's certainly one to consider. Uh, Steven Gerrard, with his fantastic playing career, has has taken that title now. Rangers are very much on the up, and uh, and obviously eyeing eyeing uh, whatever this next championship to come along. And uh, but Celtic have to, you know, they what Celtic have to do, they have to match it. They have to have a very, very strong manager in charge. Have to have a manager who knows what the what the club's all about for a start, or has 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 a, a fairly decent idea and have a manager who is uh, who, who who can win matches for them. Where Rangers have been great this season is they've gone away from home, been able to pick up points that they in the last number of years they were unable to do when. Um, when it got to 75, 80 minutes in matches and, and, and Rangers are still drawn. You felt, I felt, I, honestly, I felt it was like Barry's days when I'm, I'm praying for them to lose the game and they'll always come back and win them at and, and the big matches and you think, oh, heck, that's terrible. You know, generally speaking, when, when I was manager of Rangers, one of us would be playing the Saturday, the other would be playing on the Sunday. And, uh, and, my, and my Saturdays were, were uh, always wrecked in the last 10 minutes of matches when Rangers were... You know, any any time that they had a bit of a struggle on, which wasn't too often, uh, when they'd have a struggle on, you'd know they would see it through. And this is what this Rangers team has been able to do this year. Celtic have to have to get back to doing that again. Celtic have been the ones that have been able to win win uh, ugly matches at times, and this year it's it's available. Do you feel, Martin, as if it's a big catch-up exercise this for Celtic, bearing in mind what Rangers have done this season, both domestically and in Europe as well, and the fact that they've already put quite a few pieces in the jigsaw for next season as well, and it's fairly clear um, they are building big to try and get into the Champions League next season. Does all of that make this already for Celtic a pretty big catch-up job? Well, you know, now now we're talking... We're talking... uh, when um, when you have uh, much hindsight, Rangers have gone and, and won the league. They've very looked look, uh, particularly strong. Uh, they've won, as I said to you, they've been able to win matches that uh, uh, the previous seasons where they would have dropped those particular points. That's great. Celtic have been unable to do that when it's usually been the other way around. So it, it, it depends very much on who who stays at the football club and who's uh, who will leave. 
and then you have to build rounds. Celtic have still got some some exceptionally good footballers at the football club who are, who uh, you know who have been who have been worthy of that position over the last number of years. If they if they if it's a big concerted effort, if the if the board and the and the manager uh, get together and are able to you know able to raise that football club again, I don't I don't think I don't think and that, that's a, a, I'm a distance away from it, but I don't think it might be the the incredible job that that, that that one might be led to believe at this minute. Celtic always feel as if, you know, there's there's been a bit of turmoil around the football club for a little while. That can evaporate very, very quickly with a couple of big, big wins. And uh, and I think if, if Celtic can hold to some of the players that they would want to hold on to, others are obviously going to disappear, then, uh, then the recruitment becomes very, very important then during the summertime. Martin, always good to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Uh, listen, I appreciate it. Uh, Leanne, thank you very much. I'm sorry I didn't, didn't get a chance to speak to you. And uh, Fergus, and what I've just said about you, I meant every word of it. Okay? <laughs> Thanks, Martin. Martin. Thanks. Okay. Old habits Bye. die hard. Thanks, Martin. That's the former Celtic manager, Martin O'Neill. The Goal Radio Football Show. Yeah, the Go Radio Football Show with Rob McLean, Leanne Crichton and Barry Ferguson. And Barry, I think it's fair to say Martin O'Neill can talk. <laughs> yeah, he can. But one thing I will say, look, Robbie was a, a fantastic manager. He knows the game. And it was interesting, he's, he's 69 now. He's, he's been out of job a, a few years. I think he's just turned 70, actually. I think he's had his 70th birthday oh, recently, yeah. Right, yeah. I apologise. He's, he's 70. And just interesting to see if he was still interested to, to getting back into management. And, and that's surely something that I would imagine Celtic would look uh, not mm. being the manager but somebody like him to be about the club in some sort of capacity because what he done for Celtic was unbelievable yeah. and, and the team he had I mean back then the, the the battles we had I mean the Rangers team I played in was he mentioned a number of the players fantastic players players who couldn't even get in the team yeah but also the, the Celtic team that Martin O'Neill had yeah. um, I mean quality Larson Hartson Sutton up top Bobo Baldy Neil, uh, Neil Lennon Thompson Didier Gatt guys like that I mean fantastic fantastic players Maravchek another one that just came into my mind so no uh, just interesting to see if, if Celtic would ever consider bringing them back but what also really shocks me is the fact that they wouldn't even consult him. You know, the fact that mm. I would take I'm it for so granted that he would be one of the people that you would give a call to and say, what are you thinking? What do we need here? Absolutely. And that perhaps speaks volumes of, of where Celtic are at just now, that they, they don't speak to, you know, people that are more than reliable and that, that would be in a position to give um, comment or advice or an opinion. But just listening to Martin speak there, I mean, his knowledge and his recall and his recollection yeah, yeah. of a, a team that he never coached, let alone his own team, his football and knowledge, his passion, it, you can hear it coming through in, in all his answers. Um just an incredible insight, you know, into the game and, and why you would not tap into that knowledge at this stage and, and where Celtic have been at over the course of the season, even at an earlier stage, would you have went and, you know, posed the question? I'm and just, I, I'm astonished at a, a guy like him, what he's done in the game, Rob, mm-hmm. that Celtic have not been in contact, just to get some sort of advice. I, I, I was I, I was, I was taken aback when, when you asked him that question and he's not spoken to, to Dermot Desmond or, or MD at the club. I would mm-hmm. imagine... 
um, the club would have went to a guy like Martin O'Neill because I know Rangers do you're the same right, with you're right you're right I thought he turned, I thought he did the 70th birthday recently you were right well, you're not you're always right. that no I know I hope we, st- hope we stop listening <laughs> uh, otherwise he'll be back on but to berate me for that plenty of asked... time to get a big present organised from right <laughs> enough I know but when, when you asked him that I was I was taken aback I was mm-hmm. just surprised just with the experiences he's got in the, in the game and what he's done in the game because yep. um, I know Rangers do it with Walter Smith if they've got anything mm-hmm. that they're unsure about they would go yeah. and ask somebody like Walter Smith and our class Martin O'Neill and that, that the same sort of category as, as Walter Smith Interesting to hear his thoughts and, and his thoughts on Roy Keane I mean he, he's convinced maybe you know, he, this, that's what he would say mm-hmm. you might say if you're being cynical about it about Roy Keane yep. um, but he, he reckons that maybe we all make a little bit too much about styles of management and being out of date and all that sort of stuff because everybody can, everybody can change everybody can, everybody can adapt and he reckons Leanne that, that Roy Keane could adapt yeah, and I think that's key, you know, in any sort of leadership role or any position that you've got in management or whatever else, you need to be able to adapt to the, the group of players that you've got or um, the business that you operate within. You know, I don't think one size fits all and that your way should always be the exact way. You know, if you move about clubs and you go in and you've got a different type of player group, you need to make sacrifices to the way you go about your business as well. So Roy Keane would probably be able to do that of course you don't go for being the player that Roy Keane was and playing with the players that he's he's played with and working under a manager like Martin O'Neill to not have a skill set that you could adapt or that your way would be the right way but I think just overall looking at the pick of the bunch for me I, I Roy Keane would never have been my go-to and what I saw fit um, for the next Celtic manager, you know, and that's probably more based on his persona and the way he speaks about the game now and how ruthless he is. Um, but as I say, maybe that ruthless nature works, and I think that was Martin's point. You know, it's not to say that 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 um, coaching style and philosophy would is that, work. Is that not what you would want as a a football player if you've got a manager who's honest and just a bit mm-hmm. ruthless at times mm-hmm. and just telling you the truth I prefer that Confr- I prefer, confrontation yeah, I prefer the manager like that yeah. in, in terms of a manager coming in and going around about things just be straight yeah. and listen I think that's the kind of perception that people have got to Roy Keane as we watch him when he's on Sky Sports he's just very straight to the point and, and I don't mind that and I know Leanne had mentioned that the modern day players don't like it that's the problem with modern day football mm-hmm. Uh, footballers. I just yeah. wonder if you could any criticism. if you could compare Neil Lennon and Roy Keane as a similar type of player in that straight talking. And for mm. whatever reasons, Neil Lennon came back in only worked for a short period at Celtic, and for whatever reason, there seemed to be unrest and players that were looking to move on. And oh, if everything yeah. was all good and well and happy, and you wanted to play for that manager, why would you be so desperate to leave under the circumstances in which players were apparently looking, you know, to head for the exit door? Talking Roy Keane, talking uh, football on television, Leanne, I wanted to, um, I come into these shows with the best intentions at five o'clock of, of asking about something and sometimes I get to seven and I still haven't asked it, but I'm going to ask you now about these, uh, the new TV deals uh, that have been announced in, in the last few days, uh, both for women's football mm-hmm. um, in England, um, it's going to be screened on both BBC and Sky, which I guess get, gets you audience and money, uh, and obviously uh, a new deal in Scotland as well to have uh, more women's football shown on, on BBC Alba what, what, what do you make of those deals and what sort of impact uh, is the coverage going to have It's huge Rob for the game um, I mean the deal that's been announced in England is is off the scale in terms of where the women's game has been before with a TV deal uh, I know the clubs have been 
you know, more than overjoyed with the announcement. Um, I just think it's it's been a long time coming though. Women's football always seems to have to keep going back and, and knocking on doors again and asking for more coverage. Um, and it's visibility. That's what this deal offers. It offers equal visibility. You know, I pay for a Sky subscription. Um, I watch BBC and you don't get equal representation on there with regards to women's football so I think it's incredible if you want players at grassroots level to be able to see their role models and you want them to be able to follow that journey and recognise what level they can get to you need to have these games on TV they need to be there for all to see um, and the deal that we've got up in Scotland with BBC Alba they're covering um, the most games that they'll have covered in a, a season for us and they've been a, a huge um, backer of the women's game in Scotland for a number of years now they've covered their Euro qualifying campaign and before that the World Cup qualifying campaign they've been fantastic and the BBC um, are now doing more as well and hopefully there'll be a highlight show um, so there's loads of positive steps and it's, it's the key word is visibility Rob without that the game will never be able to grow will never be able to develop um, and we'll keep banging our heads off that ceiling that we keep you know being told is there Yeah, I mean see it's great for the women's game in England that it's on Sky and whatever but I mean I was saying no fair before it with, with Leanne I, I know the, the women's game's on BBC Alba but a lot of people don't I would rather it was on mainstream TV mm-hmm. give it a bit more more highlight um, great BBC Alba back the women's game you I like a bit it. of Gaelic commentary though don't you <laughs> but no been serious I, I enjoy watching it because it's it's something that I think's progressed pretty well over the last couple of years mm-hmm. uh, I just would have liked to I've seen it on mainstream TV but listen I know BBC Alba have been a big backer of women's football and that's brilliant but just for a bit more um, scope and for people to, to watch it more I would have liked to have seen it in, in, um, on BBC maybe even if it's a Saturday night after the men's football or, or Sunday afternoon something or mm-hmm. even during the week I don't care if it, it needs to be like late on yeah. I just would like to have seen it get a more a bit more um, in terms of being on mainstream TV and I get the feeling the timing is probably pretty crucial as well because lockdown obviously hasn't done any favours at all for the, the profile of the women's game and I, I think it was at Laura Montgomery I heard recently yeah. talking about the potential for a, a lost generation uh, and, a, and lost momentum certainly for, for women's football yeah absolutely Rob there will be and, and that's really sad you know you think of where the game is at 2019 off the back of the World Cup um, the nation was on a high you know participation levels were through the roof we've hit the pandemic it will be really interesting to see how clubs come out the other side the amount of money that they've probably lost during this time as well for the little amounts of money that they already made um, and it, it's been able to see what you can become and that's you know at Glasgow City what we always go on about is that you, you can't be what you can't see and I think that's why it's really important now that we stop listening to the the excuses that come up that people are not interested in the women's game and that they are you know it's just a certain type of people think that the women's game's not entertaining or it's not there to be seen um but there's a lot of incredible players even i'm looking at the champions league result coming through and chelsea have beat wolfsburg 2-1 um in the first round you know in the quarterfinals and i just yeah. think that's where the english league is now at wolfsburg are a team that have dominated german football and european football for a number of years um and they're now producing those results so in scotland we need that same coverage you know we need but, to get these well, opportunities so that players that are coming yeah. through barry as well but c- you just made the point there that some of the clubs are struggling surely there's got to be help then the, the clubs that are struggling to help the, the women's games Surely we've got to find help from the FA or or, or something You've got to make it more of a priority, don't you? Yeah, they've got to. But it's like anything, even in the men's game, you get contracts and sponsorship deals that that run out and there's not another deal in place. 
I don't understand how that's possible. I don't understand why there's no people in these positions that never let a contract run, run out. Down. Where's the next mm. best deal coming from? Where is the sponsorship? You're not telling me right now that there's no businesses crying out to invest in women's sport. Mm. It's ridiculous. It would be yeah. ridiculous for those words to leave anybody's mouth because yep. it's probably the, the best place to go and invest just now because there's so much growth, there's so much investment uh, within the game, you know, in clubs and... Um, so many individuals are crying out to make it better than it already is. Anyway, that's good news uh, in terms of the upcoming enhanced TV coverage for uh, women's football, both in Scotland and England. I was just going to mention Andy Roberts and then I looked up at the screen in the studio and he was there, uh, which is a bit of a scary moment. But we're going to hear a bit more from the Scotland captain and the Scotland manager, Stevie Clark, looking ahead to tomorrow night's Scotland against Austria game. Let's go! It's a wild and wacky football schedule coming up in Scottish football. The Scottish Cup, having been in mothballs for the last 10 weeks, is suddenly moving into overdrive and it goes very quickly from uh, completion of second round last night, third round uh, a week on Saturday, well, a week on Friday night it starts. Um, and then a few weeks later, it's the semi-finals. It all just happens in a blinding flash. And just looking at uh, some of the games over that uh, third round weekend, which is next weekend, uh, Celtic at home to Falkirk. That's going to be Saturday evening kickoff on uh, Premier Sports, I think. Uh, the BBC showing the Barton against Aberdeen Saturday lunchtime. That's after they've shown the Highland Derby Ross County against Inverness on Friday night. Uh, Queen of the South against Hibs has also been picked uh, by the BBC. And the Rangers game is on Sunday. That's Rangers at home to Cove Rangers. Uh, so those are some of the uh, key ties, I guess, in the Scottish Cup upcoming. And uh, from there, it careers on very quickly to semi-finals. And the final, which has been put back a couple of weeks, it is the 22nd of May. Much closer at hand is Scotland against Austria uh, tomorrow night. And uh, obviously, European championships are very much in our minds in the summer. But they better not be in Scotland minds tomorrow night because it's World Cup qualifying time. Here's Andy Robertson. First day we had a meeting, we spoke about the Euros, about certain dates and things like that, so the lads knew. And then it was put to bed and it was forgotten about because... You know, we can't have one eye on three, four months' time. We've got to have our full focus on this World Cup qualifying campaign. In a normal life, these would maybe be a couple of friendlies building up to it, but because we missed a lot of international football, it's it's competitive games. And it's important we try to get off to a good start. We've got tough games, but we believe we can be competitive in them, and I believe we can cause, you know, any team in this group problems. I think it was Luke uh, from Aberdeen earlier on who was one of our uh, callers on the show who was saying he thought 1-1 one, one, uh, for tomorrow night. Would 1-1 one, one be good enough for you, Leanne? I don't know, Rob. It's a hard one to, to call. You know, would it be the worst result in the world? Probably not. No. Would you like to see he's got off to a winning start? Of course you would. Would yeah. you like a clean sheet? Absolutely. Um, so I'd maybe take a 1-0 rather than the 1-1. Mm. One, one. That would be better. What do you think, Barry? Is it, is it, is it, do we have to win at the start? You know, because these qualifying campaigns go in really quickly, don't yeah, they, they if, do. if you don't get off to a winning start? It's always important to go off to a winning start. And I've, I'm positive. I keep looking at the, the squad and... There's well, you stole real, my sheet, didn't you? Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> and there's real quality. Um, guys that are playing at the top level of the game. So I don't think we... We fear anybody. Now, Austria, you mentioned 19 of their 29 man squad Bundesliga. They're obviously at a very, very good level, but I, I think we underestimate ourselves at times. I think we've got real good players. Listen, we're in a real good place under Stevie Clark. We've just qualified for the first time in, in 23 years. So I think 
I think we can win tomorrow. Can I, I really do. If he's real positive, which I think he will be, and with the, the team that I'd mentioned, if he goes with Shea Adams and um, Lyndon Dykes up top, I'm really confident. Read, we out, can get... read out your full team, make us feel good about tomorrow night. David Marshall, Declan Gallagher, Scott McKenna, Kieran Tierney, two wing backs will be Stephen O'Donnell, Andy Robertson, midfield three, John McGinn, Callum McGregor, Scott McTominay. Up top, Jay Adams and Lyndon Dykes. That, for me, is a strong Scotland team. Leanne, what's yours? Remind us. The exact same as that, other than Jay Adams out and Ryan Fraser in. But I wouldn't object with what Barry's saying. I just wasn't sure that he would come in and start straight away. Um, but Steve Clark might see that as being you know, the best option. I would love to see two up top. You know, Just keep building on, on what we've had keep that confidence in Lyndon Dykes I don't think he deserves to lose his, his jersey mm-hmm. you know I wouldn't like to see him drop out and Shea Adams go in um, but Barry I'll agree with that it's a really strong Scotland squad and it's an exciting one all I was going to ask you Barry was if you were in this position heading towards the tournament would you rather these games competitive as they are the now World Cup or would you have rather friendly matches no where you competitive could, yeah Competitive. I, I, um, I hope that will work in Scotland's favour. I think favour. it will work in their favour, Leanne. Um, definitely having competitive games, World Cup qualifiers, instead of, look, listen, mate, you treat friendlies, you try to treat friendlies in the, the professional manner of, of going in, but it is different. You know yourself yep. going into like, games that you need to win and get off to a, a good, real good start. I think it will um, I think it will help us. Thanks for your questions on Insta. I think most of them have probably been answered already. Uh, Jack Caird, 33, said, what does Barry think about Clark leaving out gold and Turnbull? Well, I think we've probably gone over uh, that yeah, one. Uh, listen, I, I totally get where Steve Clark's coming f- from and I respect that he's loyal to the group of players who have qualified for the, the Euros, but I just believe we don't uh, promote our younger players. I, I thought there was a, a certainly a space for David Turnbull and um, Nathan Parson. And I know Nathan Parson's only played eight or nine games, but ability-wise, potential-wise, get them in the squad. I'm not saying play them. Was he get, thinking about the potential ban coming up for Patterson? Maybe that came into consideration, but still get them into the squad and get them used to the environment because um, it's a different level international. It's a different, um, obviously, set-up, different way that he'll play at his, um, at his uh, team Rangers and I just believe sometimes we don't promote young boys when they're showing real real potential and I think they two are potentially going to be Scotland players for the next 10-12 years Rob Richard T90 asked the question who starts up front for Scotland tomorrow night Adams or Dykes well according to Barry uh, both he'd like to see both in the team so it'll be interesting if Shea Adams is going to make his uh, Scotland uh, debut at some stage at Hamden um, tomorrow now Andy Robertson uh, when we were listening to him there made a good point didn't he and it was let's forget all about the Euros we've plenty time uh, to think about that and look forward to that um, it's all about starting a new World Cup qualification campaign tomorrow night Leanne and an exciting one at that and real hope and potential as I mentioned earlier Rob to get out of the group to think that you could go off to a great start in these games head to a Euros in the summer go and kick on again more positive results and, and give yourself a real chance to get to another major tournament to go and do that back to back is an incredible feeling you know I know how that felt um, and you do ride in a cre- the crest of a wave and those performances will take you far but you need to have focus you need to have that professionalism and I, I don't doubt that Steve Clark's mentality um, that he wouldn't accept anything less other than 100% focus 
on the next game you know and after Austria it's on to the next one again um, and you need to do that up until the summer because you can never take things for granted you, it could go the opposite way three poor performances three poor results and you head to uh, the Euros in the summer feeling a bit doom and gloom and, and, and filled with disappointment you don't want that and the only way you counteract that is by real professional performances Yeah, they, they, they've got to forget mm-hmm. about June uh, totally erase that from your mind that they've done brilliantly now refocus and do you know what see there's real potential three games nine points now what a start that would be in the qualifying for the World Cup that's what they've got to do as Leanne says be professional focus have the blinkers on and you know what if they do come out with nine points I would look I would take seven but nine I think this, this group of players are capable of getting nine that'll do wonders for the confidence going into the Euros for me but also as an individual as well you can never assume that you're going to the Euros never assume that you're in that squad Mm. you need to turn up you need to perform next time you get a chance to get on that pitch whether that's through an injury to Ryan Jack tomorrow that gives somebody else an opportunity you go and show why you should be there in the summer you go and show the nation and you instil that confidence in you you make Steve Clark make a decision you know don't just think that I won't go anyway or don't think that I'll be there I'll be there in the summer bad injury you know loss of form whatever anything can happen in football so it is it's about professionalism as an individual and as a collective no reason to be frightened about uh, Austria but um, they'll have done plenty of video analysis already and there's plenty of respect uh, for what's in that Austrian squad good team uh, I, th- I think the strength is probably in the team rather than individuals. Uh, like any Austrian team, good physically, strong, but good technique as well. Danger, dangerous in, in certain areas of the pitch. We'll set up to try and nullify that, but we, we want to be on the front foot as well. We want to make sure that we cause them a lot of problems, which I think we can. I think sometimes we, we play ourselves down a little bit in this country. Uh, like I said before, I think I've got a good squad of players and, and we want to improve and get better and better. And to do that, we have to beat teams of the standing of Austria. So that, that's, the, that's the target for us. They've also got some names uh, that would be a pretty big score on the Scrabble board, uh, to be honest, which I'm a bit concerned about for myself tomorrow night. But, um, I mean, it's, a, it's about a healthy respect for Austria, isn't it? And knowing what they've got, knowing, knowing what the, the quality they've got. Scotland will have to be at it tomorrow night. But, Barry, every time you look down at that squad, mm-hmm. you just see names and clubs and quality players that are doing it week in, week out. I mean, for, for just to pluck one out of the air, how well is Kieran Tierney playing for Arsenal at the moment? <sighs> Exceptional. Um, got to be honest. I, I, I love when I'm watching the, the, the Premier League games down in England um, and when I watch Arsenal, obviously our next teammate of mine, the manager, Mikel Arteta, but Kieran Tierney is the top performer for Arsenal. Plain and simple, he's been unbelievable this season. Um, and I just love, going back to Scotland, I just love what Stevie Clark said there and I think he's bang on. They play themselves down. That We do that as a nation. You look at our squad... You look at some of the players that we've got in that squad and some of the teams that they players play for. We've got top quality in there. So we um, don't underestimate ourselves, but we need to bring our A game tomorrow. There's no doubt about it. And if we do that, I think we've got every opportunity to get the, the vital three points. See, um, sorry, Robin. I was just, you know, after you. I was just going to say, Kieran Tierney, we spoke about that club culture. He's a player that strikes me that cannot wait to meet up with the national team because yeah. it must be a different culture and environment for him at Arsenal he's been as Barry said exceptional is the word he's really kicked on um, he's always a solid 8 out of 10 every game I've watched him he's a leader um, but he must just love it feeling coming back home 
But it's great see when you're listening to the, the commentators and the people analysing the game after, he's always getting mentioned. Yeah. Mm. And it's that great. takes a lot to get. It does. <laughs> and yeah. and, and I'm, you actually sit there and think it's great to see Scottish yeah. players now. I, I look at it, look at John McGinn, for instance, Aston Villa been exceptional. Obviously, Andy Robertson's won leagues and Champions mm-hmm. Leagues, Kieran Tierney, Scott McTominay, guys like It's great to see. And, yeah. um, I, and I think sometimes we do play ourselves down and it's great to hear the manager say that there and I think we're going to go for them tomorrow night the way that he's speaking he's yeah. going to go out and attack them and that's the way that we should go because we've got the quality going to do it and I think when I I get re- when I get really excited is when I hear Stevie Clark and, and Andy Robertson talking about that f- that almost family bond mm-hmm. with, within the camp and how it's like meeting long lost pals uh, when when they link up. I mean that's great to hear, isn't it? Well, that's it, and I think it was Andy Robertson that says you run that little bit more, you go that extra yard as well, and that's what you need. That togetherness off the pitch then relays once you got on the pitch um, and absolutely that's what Scotland will need defensively I think they're going to need to stick with that foundation and, and have that resilience because they're coming up against top teams um, but like Barry said there's no reason why with the quality that we've got in the squad it should never just be holding out for a 1-0 you know go and try and get a couple of goals and really put other teams on the back foot Manager Leanne has named her team what's what's your scoreline for tomorrow night? Going to go 2-1 Scotland 2-1 Scotland that would do Baza. Yeah, I was going to go. I, I'll stick with two one. Yeah, I'll agree with Leanne. I, I think we've we've got it to go and get the three point. The most important thing is getting off to a good start, and I think we'll do it tomorrow night against a a very good Austrian side. Good luck to Scotland tomorrow night, but of course we will be building up to it uh, much closer to kick off with Paul Curry, Mark Guidi, and Chris Burke tomorrow live at five. The Goal Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited help reduce your carbon footprint by installing a heat pump. Let's go. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. 